Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Know Your Enemy. This week, I'm joined by Quentin Corpuel, the sports editor over at Man Eater, uh, the student newspaper at the University of Missouri. And today, we're just going to break down Florida's upcoming matchup against the Missouri Tigers. Quentin, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, very excited. It's going to be senior night on Saturday, so uh, should be uh, should be a fun and exciting game. Looking forward to oh, it. Yeah. Looking forward to it as well. It's going to be a, a fun game, but uh, you know, just going into it, just have a few questions, just sort of breaking down the matchup and just kind of finding out what the Missouri Tigers are about. So, you know, going into my first question, can you just talk about some of the strengths and weaknesses of this Missouri Tigers team? Uh, well, I guess the one big one I would say there's there's a lot, uh, which is a, a good problem to have for me as a, a talker of Missouri football uh, uh, for me to struggle finding what specifically to talk about. But if I were to package it into one thing it would be the fact that Mizzou is a very complete football team. And I think a lot of people saw that on Saturday when they dismantled Tennessee. Um, that was the biggest blowout of an AP top 15 team Mizzou has ever had. Like since the AP poll was invented in November 1934, they had never beaten an AP top 15 team by that many points, uh, which is 29. Um, a perfectly complete game isn't possible. Um, and throughout the season, if you asked the coaches and the players if they complete, played a complete game, even after a, a good win like South Carolina, Kentucky, they'd say no. They'd say no pretty easily. Um, and while... They did get off to a slow start offensively against Tennessee. That was the most complete game I've seen Mizzou play all season long, even dating back to the last season. I think if you talk to a lot of people that have been following Mizzou football longer than I have, they'd say it's been a, at the very least a really long time since they'd seen that complete of a game from Mizzou. Um, so people were super satisfied. Um, we'll probably break offense and defense down separately. Um, but if one unit isn't playing particularly well, Usually the other unit steps up, um, which is really great uh, because last year the offense really struggled. Uh, it was a chore to move the ball down the field and the defense would have to step up time and time again, which they did. But at a certain point, you can only put so much of an onus on your defense to continually make play after play. Um, you saw like the Georgia game, for example, last year, the dam eventually broke um, at the end of the game. And the offense has taken a lot of that pressure off the defense this season. So it's been really fun to watch. They've been super entertaining. Um, it's really great football on both sides. Um, the defense took like a little bit to find their footing, but um, from the Kansas State game on, they have looked so, so, so good. And I've been very, very thankful to cover a team uh, this good and and this fun. Nice. And yeah, I didn't know that about the, the Tennessee game. I know Mizzou put a beat down on them, but I didn't realize – it was, uh, you know, biggest margin of victory ever against the AP top 15 team. So uh, that's yeah. super impressive. But, uh, you know, you, know, you kind of touched on it with this team's play this season. Can you kind of, you know, do a quick walkthrough of their season so far and just, you know, obviously playing above what some of the expectations were preseason-wise and just, you know, how's the season gone on for Mizzou? If you polled 100 Mizzou fans before the season and asked if how they would feel – if Mizzou was eight and two heading into Florida, I'd be shocked if one person said they wouldn't sign up for that. Um, they have blown preseason, preseason expectations out of the water. I tagged them and I think was it seven or eight wins before the year. It was one of the two um, just because they played four ranked teams. Um, their schedule was, was pretty difficult and they played a, a handful of swing games, a handful of toss ups. Um, but the first two games, I think, were really clunky. I think that was 
a lot of the offense hold it like withholding a lot of the playbook uh, until they played Kansas State and on. Um, and the Kansas State game really set the tone for the rest of the season, just like it did last season, except this time around, it was a good tone. Last season was terrible. Uh, they got blown out 40 to basically six because the last touchdown was in garbage, garbage time um, to make it 40 to 12 and make the score look a little uh, less bad. Um, but the Kansas State game really set the tone. The Harrison Mevis kick was one of the coolest sports moments I've ever gotten to witness in person. I had never witnessed a field storming with my own eyes before. So that was a lot of fun to see from the press box. Um, and honestly, they've they've just taken care of business, really, uh, in a lot of these games. Even though they've gotten off to slow starts against teams like Kentucky, um, they've had lulls against teams like South Carolina. They've rolled into games and rolled the opponent, which has been really, really refreshing. Um, and they've rolled not like amazing teams, but really good teams. And not only that, they've put up really good fights uh, in their two losses. Um, LSU, not really any, not much shame in giving up 40 plus to literally the highest scoring offense in all of America and Georgia, like they gave them trouble. The offensive line had for Georgia had their worst performance of the season. Um, and if Brady Cook doesn't have a brain fart and pitches it right to Nazir Stackhouse, Zeus could very easily win that game. I mean, that drive was to probably one of the most important in recent Mizzou memory. That game was one possession in the fourth quarter. Um, and obviously you saw with the college football playoff rankings last night, the committee really respects that. They're a top 10 team despite having two losses. Uh, and we've seen that with a bunch of two losses teams in the past whose two losses have been to very good teams. Um, Auburn 2017 is a really good example. They're ranked second in the country heading into that SEC championship game because their two losses were to very good teams by not that many points. And they had beaten Georgia and Alabama in the regular season, the two best teams in the country. Um, so obviously Mizzou's not at that level, but for an eight and two season, it's been, it's been just so, so, so fun. Um, and the, the path after last week to 10 wins has become not guaranteed, but a lot clearer. Nice. And yeah, I, I like how you touched on those two losses. Cause you know, even in those two games, you know, you, you stayed super competitive and you gave Georgia a real shot. And I mean, they look like the best team in the country again. And then, Obviously, that LSU team, you know, Florida just played them last week. And Jane Daniels, I think, accounted for about 600 yards of offense, just something ridiculous against the Gators. So, you know, yeah. they're they're a team that very few can contain. And even when they do contain them, uh, they still put up a ton of points. Um, but, you know, kind of going to my next question. So, you know, obviously, a lot of talk is always about the quarterback. Um, so just looking at Brady Cook, you know, how has he looked this season? And, you know, what has he done to help Mizzou get to this point of, being eight and two and in the top 10 of the college football playoff. He's looked completely different in a very good way. Last season, he was battling a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder for most of the season, which, you know, when you're using it partially 20 plus times every Saturday, it's hard. <laughs> it's, hard it's hard to succeed. Um, that along with the fact that the offensive line was not good. Receivers were never really that open. Um, it, it, the support system for Brady Cook last year was not, very strong and it's a lot stronger this year um i've been saying on a lot of these behind the enemy bylines uh, get to know your enemy uh with other sec sports editors 
it's kind of crazy what happens when you have a fully intact rowing shoulder and you're throwing to actually open receivers behind an offensive line that's giving you ample time to throw. Um, I don't know what his NFL prospects are, but I can say for sure he has made a handful of NFL caliber throws this season. Um, just looks so much more sure of himself, so much more confident in the pocket. Last year when he would drop back to pass, there was this this sense of worry within me that disaster was not necessarily imminent, but a possible, definitely a possibility. I do not feel that way this year. I feel a lot safer. Um, do you have a, do you follow basketball at all? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Who's your, who's your team? Uh, in the in terms of NBA, it's Miami Heat. Okay. So like, for example, when Jimmy Butler has the ball in his hands, do you generally feel like disaster is imp- improbable? Like, do you feel like he's going to do something good with the ball in his hands most of the time he has it? Yeah, I do. I've had that increasing feeling about Brady Cook this season. Like, when he when he drops back to pass, I'm like, you know what? Don't think something bad's going to happen. That's why the <laughs> Nazir, Stack, the Nazir Stackhouse interception was so surprising. Because yeah. he had a brain fart like that really all season long. Um, I'm trying to think back to, like, his other turnovers, which are very few. The interception against Kentucky was a great read by the defensive back. Shouldn't have Cook shouldn't have thrown it, but great read nonetheless. That was really the first time he had, at least unless I'm forgetting something, that that it was on Brady Cook. Like that was his fault. Um, even the interception against Tennessee last week, Jalen McCullough, I believe, is playing safety, drops back into what looks like zone coverage. Luther Burns going over the middle. McCullough just makes a great read on the ball. He basically pranked Brady Cook. Uh, that wasn't necessarily like a quote unquote bad throw by him. Yeah. Um, so his his caution with the ball has been excellent. Uh, he's been very safe. He had a a record actually. He set a record. I think it was an SEC record uh, for most consecutive pass attempts without an interception. So that's been really great. Um, he's used his legs a little bit less, but his arm has looked a lot better. Uh, and I think Mizzou fans would have taken that trade off uh, seven out of seven days of the week. And just as a person, a blessing, like truly a blessing, not just for the football team, but as a representative of the university, 10 out of 10, just a wonderful human being, extremely hard worker, players and coaches gush about him. They gushed about him last year when he was struggling. And when he had an amazing game against Kansas State, Drinkwitz and the rest of the players we talked to were like, yeah, we've been trying to tell y'all Mitch calls for Sam Horn to start that. This is the guy. He's our guy. We get behind him. Um, And honestly, I've, again, I've talked about this a lot. I don't know if you heard, like saw or heard when this happened, but Brady cook before the Kansas state game got booed uh, when he was introduced uh, in the starting lineups. Uh, I wasn't there when it happened. I was actually stuck in traffic uh, because that was a sold out game. And uh, we left a little too late. Thankfully, we got there in time. But when I heard that happen, I was I was very upset. Uh, that really upset me. I know I'm supposed to be like an objective journalist and all, but uh, it really upset me because Brady Cook's story and career arc should be storybook. And it should be something Mizzou fans should have gotten behind immediately. He's from the St. Louis area, went to Chaminade High School, which is like 20 minutes outside of downtown St. Louis. All he's ever wanted to be was the quarterback of the Missouri Tigers. There's pictures of him at Tiger Walk where fans get to like high five all the players as they enter the stadium on game day in an oversized Mizzou jersey, waiting to high five all the Mizzou players. Um, 
he wasn't a very highly touted recruit. Um, wasn't really given much. Has had to work very hard. Um, super not like a lovely person to talk to. Very easy conversation, and extremely hard worker. And and people were like, "Whoa, Sam Hort can throw a can throw a heck of a spinner." That spiral's really nice. And like this isn't a to like be mean to Sam Horn. He um very naturally talented quarterback. Um has all the physical tools to to be successful. Um, but I think something that people didn't really realize is that there's more to being a starting quarterback than just being naturally talented. There's there's leadership qualities that are involved. And I'm again, I'm not saying Sam Horn doesn't necessarily have that, but great Brady Cook sure as hell had that. Uh, even dating back to last season. Um, and they believed in him. The program believed in him, uh, even when a lot of people didn't. And Brady Cook has done nothing but make people believe in him this year. And people are definitely looking forward to him and Luther Burden uh, sticking around for another year next year before Burden becomes draft eligible in 25. But Brady Cook, he's been a joy to cover, a joy to watch. Um, and I only hope uh, good things from now on because it's been a fun ride. Nice. And, yeah, I mean, I didn't see like the the moment when he did get booed, but I did see when Drake Woods was talking about it in the the post game press conference, and you know, obviously, you know, he was very passionate about that in terms of sticking up for his guy, and you know, I, I think it's it's always so interesting, especially I'd say with uh, SEC fan bases where you know the most popular guy is always the backup quarterback, but um, you know, as Brady Cook has shown this year, you know, he has really become the guy at Mizzou, and you know, really shown those those qualities and intangibles that you talked about. Um, and so kind of going to my next question, moving to the other side of the ball, you know, you talked about last season where the defense would really try and, you know, keep Missouri in a lot of these games and the offense wasn't necessarily there to, you know, back them up. But now that defense has continued to play well with the offense now kind of reaching that level. So, you know, with the game this Saturday, who are some guys on defense who can make an impact? Obviously, a couple former Gators on the team as well, and uh, Tyron Hopper and Trevez Johnson. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely look for him to have, uh, at least for Florida fans, a very uh, frustratingly awesome day. Uh, <laughs> I would say he hasn't been as necessarily like statistically impactful as he was last season, but last season he had like 18 and a half tackles for loss. That's like that's very difficult to yeah. replicate. Um, but he's been very good. Um, as you all know, like extraordinary sideline and sideline linebacker. Um, I don't want to like compare him to Fred Warner. It's a very rich comparison for any linebacker, but like just the way he can cover ground in such little time and is honestly like fearless. He's not like spearing people like Fred Warner has. I know a handful of times, but the way he's just kind of everywhere has been extremely impressive. Um, I guess I'll name a couple of guys. One is Darius Robinson, uh, defensive end, uh, graduate captain. Uh, this is last year of college football is going to be honored on Saturday. Um, he played on the interior this uh, whole Mizzou career, kicked outside a defensive end prior to this season uh, to help uh, alleviate the losses of Isaiah McGuire to the NFL, Trajan Jeffcoat to Arkansas, and Arden Walker as well. Defensive end was definitely one of the biggest question marks on this team. Darius Robinson has turned it into an exclamation mark. Uh, he's definitely helped turn that into an exclamation mark. Defensive tackle, the defensive end, the switch, that's not easy. Um, People might think, oh, it's along the defensive line. It's shouldn't be that hard. It's a different position. Um, you have to attack the offensive line in a different way. And Darius Robinson has done a 
really great job of that, especially uh, in like over these past few games. Mizzou's defense, I think these past 11 quarters of football, incredible, like incredible, like looked like their 2022 selves. And Darius Robinson has been leading that charge. Um, had a monster game against South Carolina, a uh, handful of sacks this season. Um, very impactful off the edge. Also just another wonderful person. Um, so look out for him. And then another person, uh, definitely gonna be playing on Sunday is Chris Abrams drain, uh, be number 14 on the outside. He talk about recovery skills. There was a play against Kentucky. There was an out route, I believe. And he was well behind forgetting who, which Kentucky receiver was, but Devin Leary let it go right side of the field. Abrams drain was at least a few yards behind the receiver when Leary let go of the ball, almost picked it. And we're all sitting up in the press box like, what? <laughs> we were flabbergasted as to how Abrams Drain got from point A to point B. Yeah. In, how, he, how he covered so much ground in such little time. His instincts are crazy. And honestly, I think being a wide receiver, a former wide receiver, has helped a lot with that because you know the position. Like, you know what you want to accomplish against a certain coverage. Um, and Amdrain, uh, I think he's going to be, at the very least, a mid-round pick uh, in a future NFL draft. Um, but he has been a a cornerstone of a very, very solid Mizzou secondary. So he's been a ton of fun to watch. Nice. That's awesome. And obviously, you know, that team's just filled with talent defensively. And that's why, you know, they've been able to have such a great season this year. And now kind of switching over to the other side of the ball, it's my next question. You know, you you talk, you mentioned Luther Burden as a guy who's been really talented this year. And then obviously your running back, Cody Schrader, has been, you know, having just a great season overall, but especially in these last few weeks, he's really just, you know, brought it to another level. Um, so can you just talk about some guys offensively uh, who can make an impact, including those two guys? Yeah, Luther Burden has taken the leap that Mizzou fans wanted him to take from the get-go. Um, a lot of that has to do with the new offensive system that Kirby Moore implemented, former offensive coordinator at Fresno State um, for one season, younger brother of uh, Kellen Moore, uh, former Boise State star quarterback back in the day, and as uh, the current offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, but Kirby's system has been, I don't want to say revolutionary, because it's it's nothing new, but it's reinvigorated Mizzou's offense most definitely. Um, and one of the, the things that's made it go as well as it has is moving Luther Burden from the outside of the slot. Um, last year, he took most of his snaps outside. It wasn't really working. Uh, Mizzou discovered that he is not really just a traditional like downfield receiver, like I guess a quote unquote normal top option at wide receiver is. So stuck him in the slot. And it turns out he's kind of a wizard with the ball in his hands. Um, I think Come the 2025 draft, should he go out? Well, should he go out and uh, pursue a professional career? Then, I think you're going to see a lot of Debo Samuel comparisons in terms of Swiss Army knife, great with the ball in his hands, move him all over the formation, get it to him behind or at the line of scrimmage, and let him work after the catch. Um, he is so shifty. You see, you hear the popular adage, make a make a defender miss in a phone booth. You can make a defender miss in something smaller than a phone booth. I don't know what that is, but his shiftiness is truly astounding. Uh, his anticipation for where a defensive back is going to be is crazy. Not only that, he has, again, he has the athletic ability 
to make something happen off of that. He understands like physics uh, on a football field super duper well. Um, and it feels like honestly, yeah, you uh, you a big Mario Kart guy, big Super Mario guy. Oh yeah, uh, dabble. Yeah. He like um he runs like he's constantly hitting like Mario mushrooms just, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, all the time. Um, it looks like he's running on it like one point five speed almost. Uh, That's so awesome. I think I love that uh, comparison. Yeah, come uh, come combine time, I think he's going to put up some really impressive numbers, but he's been just incredible to watch. He's been banged up these last few weeks. Um, George Gamey hurt himself. Uh, he hurt his ankle, and he was at like 50 to 60% the rest of the way, and Georgia kind of knew that. Uh, he, they knew that he was a decoy, so that made Mizzou's offense a little easier to defend, and he was gimping around a little bit last week, so hopefully he's closer to 100% this week. And then uh, lastly, uh, amidst a, a lot of great things about Mizzou's offense, if I were to talk about just one other player, Cody Schrader, Jackson, Jackson. My thing with Cody Schrader is like, obviously he had his coming out party last week, 321 total yards. He rushed for my birthday, which is on March 21st. So <laughs> that's awesome. That made me extra happy. Um, he has not only excelled, he is inspired. Um, his journey from lower division Truman State to Mizzou has been well documented uh, over these past few days. And he is proving a lot of like the quote unquote, like cheesy cliches to be totally 100% correct. Like <laughs> in division two, division three, lower divisions, but you're not given anything. You're not given much. Like most of the time you were not highly touted coming out of high school you your your inbox wasn't really flowing with division one offers um so you got to earn it you got to work super duper hard and cody schrader has done nothing but work super duper hard um even when he got to mizzou like he wasn't the number one running back to start nathaniel pete was the number one running back to start and halfway through the season he supplanted him um and this season he has gone up eons like literally like eons, like I'm using units of geologic time, like the ones that I used to talk about, like when dinosaurs were around to compare, like how much better Cody Schrader has been this season. Um, I will always stand a running back that consistently just runs forward. No East West whatsoever. Just consistently running forward, getting the one to two yards after contact it, I talked about this in a column uh, that came out after, uh, I think it was, came out on the Monday. But the way he runs, it does give a little bit of Officer Earl from Cloudy with a chance to meet balls. <laughs> and it, it makes me giggle sometimes. But there's no wasted movement, no hitches, no stutters, runs forward all the time. And if you want to try and tackle him, good luck. Because he will be running full speed at you. And he is so strong. Like his center of gravity is so low. And he's got a lot of muscle. It's hard to bring him down. Uh, especially because he's not really juking and driving all that much. And even as I say that, like, he's a pretty good lateral mover. For a guy that runs forward as much as he does, his cutbacks have been, like, pretty impressive. So, and again amazing amazing person uh he knows he is like a source of inspiration for a lot of people and i'm glad that he is because the path to lower division to an upper division is 
not easy. Except if uh, your name's James Madison, then it's totally fine. You have no problems whatsoever. But exactly. usually, it's not easy. And Cody Schrader's done nothing but work his butt off. And he deserves everything he has earned so far. And I'm just, I'm so happy for him. He's just a very easy guy to root for. Um, and again, like Brady Cook, I, I don't really know what his NFL prospects look like. But for a guy that works as hard as he does, for a guy that's put up the numbers he he has, I know the NFL is more about projection than production, but somebody's gonna want him. A team will be very lucky to have him, whoever that is. I got a got a nice little Giants hat back there. I know running back <laughs> isn't really the issue right now, but Giants have proven that they will take a running back in the mid late rounds. It's a guy named Cody Schrader that I think would really fit the bill. There you go. So say you know. Yeah, teams always they, they they like a hard worker. So even if it's just as a backup, and then you know he puts in that work to earn the starting role, I can totally see that. And you know, as you talked about Luther Burden, just you know, a guy who gets a lot of like Debo Samuel comps, or could possibly get Debo Samuel comps once he uh does declare for the the NFL draft. Um, whenever he does that, you know, I I know I remember I got to see Kadarius Tony's last season as a freshman at UF, and it's just mm-hmm. being able to see these guys who are just so shifty, so just nasty with the football in their hands it, it's it's really something else it's such a it's such a joy to watch remember uh remember how i said like i got that? a giants remember how i said i got a giants hat back there mm-hmm. oh, yeah that's my bad i'm sorry <laughs> forgot forgot yeah. his brief little stint there but what uh <laughs> I had, to, had to bring him up what uh what could have been what could have been honestly exactly. last year if he scores that touchdown in the super bowl on the power turn probably gets super bowl mvp while playing five snaps and that would not have epitomized Kadarius tony any better <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, going, going to my next point, you know, we've talked a lot about Mizzou specifically, um, but focusing more on the matchup this Saturday, you know, if the game ends up being close, if it comes down to, you know, a really close matchup, uh, what do you see as the single factor, if you had to boil it down to one thing that could decide this game in favor of either Florida or Missouri? Hmm. Good question, because I, I personally don't anticipate a close game late, but but plenty of college football teams have had their sights set on very good bowls or even the national title late in the season and have had a very easy schedule on paper and stumbled to an inferior team. Not ruling out that possibility on Saturday, which is I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. If it is close late, I think the deciding factor is going to be taking care of the ball and capitalizing on red zone opportunities. That is what doomed Mizzou against LSU. It's what doomed them against Georgia. In close games, turnovers and capitalizing on red zone opportunities are the great equalizers. And in both Mizzou's off and both of Mizzou's losses, they have done a worse job of that than their opponent. So I know that, for example, Mizzou has one of the best, if not the best, red zone offense in the country in terms of efficiency. Underneath that, they've kicked a lot of field goals in the red zone. Um, So I think scoring seven instead of three is going to be very important. Finishing drives is going to be very important. Um, Then obviously taking care of the ball. Mizzou's offense has done a pretty good job of that for the most part this season. Uh, And if it were a close game, those two things I would definitely heavily emphasize. Nice. And you kind of talked about how anything can happen in college football, Um, especially in a matchup like this, an SEC matchup. But – you know, Missouri is heavily favored. Yeah, they're eight and two. They're top ten in the college football playoff. 
Um, how do you see these two teams kind of matching up? And where do you see Missouri kind of having the, the biggest advantages? And where do you see them possibly having a weakness uh, against the Gators? Oof. Um, trying to think of advantages Florida might have. Like, I'm just like, sorry, like, this sounds disrespectful. I'm just like, I can't think of anything. Like, I really cannot think of anything. I, I think Mizzou is, on paper at least, better than Florida in most everything. Like, can you tell me if you see anything glaring? Because I, I personally cannot think of anything right now. As of right now, I mean, it's 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 hard for me to think of something. To <laughs> okay, okay, Florida good. Played. I just okay. I just wanted to see if there's anything where you saw a possible hole in Missouri that that Florida could take advantage of. Uh, like I mean, maybe the the kicking game has been inconsistent this season. I think masked underneath the amazing sixty-one yard field goal <laughs> has been kicking inconsistencies for Harrison Beavis comparatively to other seasons. Um, but same time, a handful of his misses have be have been because of bad snaps and bad holds. For example, they haven't been totally his fault. I'm trying to think of anything else that's glaring. It's kind of it, I guess. <laughs> um, so I, I really personally can't think of anything that Florida could very easily exploit. Uh, I would say Mizzou's offense has been a lot more explosive than last season. Like they are one of the more explosive teams in the country. Um, they've been a lot better than the last season at testing the third level of the defense, stretching the field, taking the top off it. So might be a challenge for Florida. Um, and then wanting to pound the rock, it's going to be a struggle. Tennessee really struggled with the last week, even though they have one of the better rushing offenses in the country. They got stonewalled last week. And a lot of that, I think, had to do with game script. When you're down by a lot late in the game, you're not going to want to run the ball very much. But at the same time, they, they took it away, and that's a credit to Mizzou's defense. And they have a litany of defensive tackles that just eat up space on the interior. Um, in their losses, they, they've struggled sometimes maintaining gap integrity, um, allowing mobile quarterbacks like Jaden Daniels. like He ran wild uh, because Mizzou didn't do a great job of maintaining gap integrity. Uh, allowing Daniels to break contain and allowing uh, big runs because there were holes around the line of scrimmage. Um, but they've been doing a much, much better job of that over these past few games. So I think it's going to be a struggle. All that I know is if Graham Mertz has a big game, my uncles that went to Wisconsin are going to be texting me <laughs> being like, why the hell can he do this? <laughs> why the hell can he do this in Wisconsin? <laughs> we, uh, they're going to be saying, we swore he was up next after that first game of the COVID year, but oh, yeah. it all went down from there but uh, he seems to be doing better this year in uh at florida which uh makes me very happy for him yeah he's been he's been able to have a much better season comparative to uh to his year or his seasons at wisconsin and you know he's a guy who just came in with such low expectations from a lot of <laughs> a lot of experts out there i remember like a lot of the preseason sec quarterback rankings he was last and I never saw him as a guy who was going to be that bad. Like, even though his numbers at Wisconsin weren't great, I, I knew under the Napier offense he would be able to be play pretty well. And, you know, he hasn't been always been the greatest ever. He hasn't been fantastic, but I definitely think he's had a good season, at least relative to what his numbers show. He has, like, still struggled in some areas. But I definitely think just in terms of expectation and in terms of just his play, I think he's been pretty good. Okay, but, that's good. 
Yeah. Um, and in terms of just, you know, Missouri side, you, you talked about trying to just find some areas where maybe Florida can exploit, but that, that doesn't really happen or it doesn't really on paper seem to uh, exist. But in terms of Missouri, you know, obviously a very talented team, but where do you think they can have the most success uh, in terms of possible matchups with Florida? Honestly, probably the, probably in the trenches on both sides of the ball. The offensive line has taken a gigantic step forward from where they were last year. Um, nominated for awards. Um, got guys that are probably going to play on Sunday. Javon Foster and Armand Membu, just to name a couple. Um, but in the trenches, they've been excellent. It's a big reason why they've found a lot of success on early downs is because they've been able to gain positive yardage on first and second down uh, with the rushing attack. And Brady Cook has been very well protected sacks are actually pretty surprising now versus last year they were relatively common same thing goes with just general tackles for loss so i think mizzou in the trenches is they're very strong and again they have guys that are going to play at the next level um at least a couple of them so i could definitely see that as a matchup mizzou can win pretty handily nice and i think i'll agree with that obviously I don't know too much about the Missouri offensive line other than, you know, what a, some few things I've read and what you've said just now. But, you know, knowing Florida's defensive line this season, they've, they've had some talented guys like Princey Uman Mielin. But uh, in terms of actually getting home for sacks and things like that, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle. And I know last game, Princey struggled a little bit. So um, I think that's definitely a matchup that Missouri can really take advantage of and exploit this Saturday. Um but, you know, we've talked a lot about the matchup. We've talked a lot about Mizzou as a team, uh, impact players, things like that. So, you know, getting into my final question, you know, how do you see this game playing out? And can you give me a final score prediction? I can totally see Florida jumping out to an early lead. People be like, Ooh. told you shouldn't have ranked yeah. Mizzou in the top 10. <laughs> I think Mizzou is the more complete team. I think they've been more the consistent team all season long. I am going to go Mizzou 35, Florida 21. Mizzou 35, Florida 21. I definitely think Florida can hang in there for a little bit. I wish I had more in-depth analysis than this, but I simply think Mizzou is better. And I think being fueled by the fact that a lot of these guys will not be playing for a Mizzou again, a lot of key contributors, senior night's definitely going to be a motivator to win. So I think that'll definitely matter. And Mizzou will walk away with the two touchdown victory and uh, move to nine and two heading into Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That would nice. be I... a horrible, horrible loss. My goodness. But I'm not going to think about that right now because Mizzou's just trying to go one or no every week. And the focus this week is on Florida. And they've done a very good job of, not dwelling on the past and not looking too far in the future. So I will keep that mentality for myself here too. There you go. Yeah. And I can definitely see that, that, that uh, prediction that you just named playing out, you know, Florida, other than the South Carolina game has really struggled on the road, Missouri, very talented team. And honestly, even when Florida has had the the advantage over Missouri in, in certain years, I feel like they're a team that historically Florida has kind of always overlooked. Um and I think that goes up an even extra level when Missouri is the better team on paper, which is, you know, this year's matchup or how it's looking for this year's matchup. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, Quinn, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. You know, my last question unrelated to the game and the matchup is, you know, where can people find you and your work? Yes. 
plugs. Okay. There we go. I am one of the two sports editors at the Man Eater, Mizzou Student Run School publication. So you can find me on the website occasionally. I don't write as much as I did last year, but you can find us at themaneater.com. I also wear several different hats for KCOU 88.1 FM. That is the student-run radio station here on campus. I do play-by-play broadcasting. I host, I co-host, excuse me, a radio show every Friday at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern. It is a hybrid college football and NFL show called The Blitz. It is very fun. We also try to inform. We also try to, you know, make people smarter. Um while also being fun to listen to. So that's been, that's been a ton of fun this season. Uh, And then finally, I contribute to rock M nation, which is the SB nation affiliate or excuse me, the Mizzou's SB nation affiliate. Uh, So I got a, got at least one or one or two bylines on there every week. So I've been wearing a lot of different hats this, this, uh, this semester it's been a uh, been a little exhausting. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving break next week, but uh, I don't really know what else I'd rather be doing. To be completely honest, so I've had a really great time and looking forward to, uh, looking forward to Saturday last home game. Makes me sad, but it's bittersweet. Been uh, been very thankful and blessed to be able to have covered this iteration of Mizzou football, the the best iteration I think in a decade probably. Nice, that's awesome. And uh, you know, again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, it's been a blast. I always enjoy doing these, getting to talk to other student journalists. It's always really fun. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, sometimes it can be a little exhausting, a little bit of a of a grind. But, you know, I, I, I think it's just incredible getting to do all this stuff so much. Totally. Fun. I get to go to uh, I get to go to Vanderbilt and uh, be a part of the combination active construction site football field. I can exactly. say I, I can say I was there when it happened. Exactly. And then I, I just I got done with the, the, the nine hour drive to LSU and got to watch Jane Daniels put on probably what one of the greatest quarterback performances of all time. Not a defense. not fun to root against. I will say exactly. from uh, say from many other people's experiences, just not fun seeing him escape the pocket and just run him up. Take off. Not a yeah, not a fun they, uh, he was he was making Florida defenders look a little silly out there, but I mean he is he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country. So you know it's hard to stop that guy. Totally. But uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, make sure to check out all of Quentin's work. And this has been another episode of Know Your Enemy. Thank you for watching. <laughs>